Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Takeover Throwbacks. I'm your host, Kieran Brennan. With me, as always, my co-host. Man, the genetics forgot, Ryan. And today is episode two. So episode one went down quite well, um, from, what I, from what I could see. Uh, Takeover Philadelphia was a great show. And it built into an even bigger show, which was NXT TakeOver New Orleans, which took place uh, many weekend 2018. I'm pretty positive in saying that. And we are not alone this week, because if you have been looking at our socials, you know that there's a big collab night going on tonight. Um, We have finally, finally got the T3 boys on the podcast, and I'm going on their podcast later. We were supposed to have the triad here, but work got in the way. But we have Craig here. We have one third of the triad. How are you, Craig? I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm glad that we could, you know, uh, disrupt the rest of everyone else's life to be here. Because screw them. We don't need them. I'm no. really the only one that matters. So it's better to have Craig than the other three, let's be honest. We we have the ace. We have the ace. Of right, the exactly. Boys. Exactly. So that's um, all that matters. And uh, we are here to um, go on our second episode of our uh, new idea that we probably will give up on in five weeks. But let's just let's let's keep going strong for episode two. Um, we are talking NXT TakeOver New Orleans. So what's everyone's uh, general thoughts, feelings, and or emotions about this show from watching it? I watched it this morning, so I'm pretty fresh, and I think it was amazing. I love it, personally. I, 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 I went into it being like, this is definitely going to be better, better than Philadelphia. And I'm willing to say I was right. Having watched both fairly recently in the last like three weeks, I, I really enjoy this show. It's got a lot of highlights. Maybe it doesn't have as much great character work or story elements but it's just this one felt like it was a big pay-per-view and maybe that's because it was strapped beside wrestlemania and it has the pre-wrestlemania crowd or whatever but everything just felt bigger and you have debuts and everything going in what did you think Craig? yeah i agree i mean it did feel like a big one i was actually as i was re-watching this i was trying to remember why i remembered this one so much and it was because this was one of the first takeovers that my wife actually sat down and watched with me and that's when she actually started to like wrestling and then she watched raw and smackdown and started to hate again but she watched this takeover and she was like wow this nxt is kind of cool with everything with the roderick strong turn with the ladder match with everything that happened in that main event like she really got into it with all of that and i was like that's why this you know episode or this takeover i remember being so monumental because i was like hey i have somebody to watch it with besides my loser friends now my wife and you know now she has fallen off because you know who wants to watch wrestling now that's that's the dream kieran isn't it <laughs> a partner who wants to watch wrestling that is the that, that is the absolute dream um not, I, don't, I don't think we're going to be as lucky to be honest but <laughs> we'll see what happens that was definitely a rarity i mean the fact that she actually bought me wrestlemania tickets for this year which of course didn't happen and ruined my goal in life was to go to wrestlemania and that entire weekend uh hopefully maybe maybe next year probably not maybe 2022 i don't know maybe yeah fingers crossed um, i think it's wrestlemania 36 actually sidetrack not being there yeah yeah i mean it was it's insane to think of how much goes into WrestleMania and everything that happens. And, I mean, when we were planning on going, I had TakeOver tickets, I had SmackDown tickets, we had WrestleMania tickets, and I had tickets to some of the Wrestle Kingdom stuff. And all of that just gone. And I was like, oh, no problem. We can do it for 2021 when it's L.A. And now it's probably not going to be with fans anyway in L.A. So, No. Ah, But um, we (laughs) we were... uh, Over it. Yeah, we're probably going to talk about this on the uh, T3 Boys podcast later, but um, I just wanted to give, like, I was, remember when you said uh, Romania, I remember the Boneyard match, and I just remember that uh, Gallows and Anderson's pay-per-view next week has a Boner Yard match on it, which yes. is mm-hmm. going to be insane, and we have, um, Craig, you can probably tell me what the two uh, the two names that Gallows and Anderson had when they were on that skit show in WWE. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Sex Ferguson, I can't remember who the other one was, just because oh, I remember... But- Six Ferguson yeah, is hilarious. But, but but a boner yard match, and it looks insane. Um, so I'm probably going to buy that show and probably review it on here, because why not? It looks like a great show. Um, but yeah, so but we're here to talk about TakeOver New Orleans, and we kicked off the show with a ladder match for the North American title, which had, let me see if I can get all the names, Adam Cole, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, which we're going to get on there in a minute, the, the Forgotten Man, Ricochet, EC3, and I think that's it. I think I got everyone. Velveteen Dream. There we go. Velveteen Dream. That, that's all. And this was insane. 
This is the way you start a pay-per-view. I like that they gave little glow sticks to everyone in the audience, like yellow glow sticks, so they had X. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was great. And cool, it bro. reminded me of certain, like, I forgot how much I enjoyed EC3 when he was part of WWE, because once they brought him up, you never saw him again. I forgot how good Ricochet is when you actually let him be what he does as Ricochet. Oh. forgot all about Killian Dane. Like, there's so Where many people he? I forgot. He is, oh, he's, he's on NXT Weekly. He's, um, he was in a feud with Damian Priest, kind of, and then he had, like, the match... Uh, he's he's been he's been in that kind of North American. There's been four people in the North American picture at the moment: Killian Dane, Keith Lee, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, and they've just been going back and forth. Um, but yeah, that's what Killian Dane's been doing. Um, but um, so we start the first the first thing. Yeah, like the first thing. The first entrance was cool. Oh, I love yeah, EC3's yeah. oh, entrance. Yeah. 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 He um he definitely you could see if you put a side by side of his entrance there. And then I think the entrance that he did on main event towards the end where he, like, did the point and he just didn't get... He just no-sold it. He just didn't care. <laughs> he was just, like, lazy point. That's, yeah. There's, there's the E, there's the C, and there's the 3. Just get me out of here. Yep. So this is entering debut. I know it was Ricochet's. Yeah, this was his... I think um, the pay-per-view after this, it was EC3 and Velveteen Dream where they had that, like, pool kind of... Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so so this was the first match. I think this would set up a lot of feuds coming out of it. But the first thing I can remember from this match is just the super kick party. Oh yeah, where Cole gets everybody, including Ricochet in midair. Oh, that was it. It, it, it wasn't the best Ricochet midair super kick. No, but it was no, but it was up there. <laughs> oh, it was just insane. He was going like this was the night where we knew Adam Cole was good, but this is the night where Adam Cole um, fucking like shot himself into the WWE like stratosphere. Um, the crowd were that, like they were losing their minds. It's one of the loudest babies I've ever heard. Like just coming oh, down the ramp. Oh, it's so good. Um, Dane and Sullivan like were like this hurt because you know what happened with Sullivan and all that kind of stuff. Dane and Sullivan's interactions made this match. What like Craig? What did you? Uh, what did you think of that kind of dynamic where you had all the like the less like heavy like big lads and then you had like Dane and Sullivan just like got like beating the crap out of each other and beating the crap out of other people and then you see them facing off against each other and the crowd went mental when they faced off. Yeah, I mean, you even had the point where I believe uh, Lars threw Ricochet at Dane and then the entire crowd chants throw him back. So then Killian Dane picks up Ricochet and throws him back at Lars Sullivan. Like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that you get with a match like this where you have those different dynamics as opposed to all small guys being in a ladder match or, you know, all big guys being in, like, a cage match or something. I kind of like that they did this kind of different things. I, it reminds me that I've really enjoyed Lars Sullivan when he was out. I'm, I'm sa- I think I think technically he's out on a knee injury. Is a knee injury it? and um, oh. kind of a therapy kind of... Yeah, I remember the know, whole therapy thing, because I actually looked him up uh, afterwards to, like, you know, while I was watching him, be like, oh, I wonder where he is. And, yeah, I think I saw a knee injury. I also remembered that uh, in looking in his Wikipedia that he was also in a gay pornography film um <laughs> yeah which i yeah. did not remember apparently until i saw this part um yeah it, it only yeah. recently because he's he, the reason he got in so much trouble before he was injured is he went on boards like message boards with like really being really homophobic and then like a few months ago it comes out he was once in a gay porn right I right think that yeah. was, <laughs> I, I hope he's okay Genuinely. Yeah, yeah, no, like, no, because he could, he could, he, he debuted on, like, wasn't that like he was meant to debut and beat, beat up, beat the, beat the shit out of John Cena, and he had a panic attack backstage in SmackDown, I think. Right, and then I think he so, came on maybe like a week or two later and beat up Kurt Angle, and then he just disappeared, and he never came back on. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I think the last thing he did was beat up three Mexicans. That's right, and they're the ones that hurt his yeah. knee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quote, unquote, hurt his knee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that that was the good interactions, and then everybody like knows. About, I, I don't know what you, if you guys caught this, but everybody like a lot of people knew about Ricochet because the NXT crowd are quite an in, like an indie kind of orientated crowd. But the people who didn't know him, the first thing he did, then when when someone tipped him off a ladder, I think someone tipped him off a ladder, and normally you just see someone fall to the ground. He did a springboard moonsault to the outside after getting pushed off balance off the ladder. Perfect moonsault. It was my favorite spot this match I, I, there's other good spots but that was my favorite spot because everyone was just like okay ricochet here yeah that i think that and then when he did the uh the flip off the ropes onto dane and sullivan at the same time 
knocking them both down. Like, I think both of those moves were like, this is ridiculous. This guy is insane. Yeah. This guy, yeah, that was, he, he is, like, he is one of, like, he could be a very, very solid mid-card champion on NWA, and I know that people were high on him, and he had a good match this week. They had the three, him, Ricky, him, Cedric, and Mustafa Ali in the team together, but he is just so good if you put him in, if you put him in the right match, but I just don't think Vince, (laughs) Vince is not into the people like that. I don't, I'm sad to say, but. He's been consistently booked as, like, a solid mid-carder, like. They've never. Yeah. He's not EC3 where he disappears or anything. He's always on the show. Yeah, but um, we. I can't. This just sums up WWE where we're trying to talk about the match, but we keep going and be like, "Oh, this is a great spot." But what is he doing now? Right. Yeah, <laughs> they've they've ruined him since then. That's pretty much what this entire yeah. card is going to be. Be like, he was great oh. then. Now they've ruined him. Let's try and just focus. Let's try and focus it on in all its glory and try and forget about the outside world until the then we, until we have to talk about weekly wrestling on the T three podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, no, Ricochet. This that moonsault was just insane. Um, and I my next point is just missed about an EC three because I thought then the the spot with Adam Cole was brilliant. Oh yeah. EC three baby and Adam Cole's like what the. <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. and even even his work at the very beginning where as everyone's you know feeling each other out how are we gonna do this ec3 just rolls out of the ring and is like you guys handle this i'll come back because that's exactly what he was do that's his character yeah he's a, he's a million dollar boy mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really what he's best at because he's never been amazing in the ring but it's just those little character elements work amazing on him yep yep and somehow anyone else got any any other things that on this match that they really really liked? Well, this uh, this was the debut of the North American Championship, right? Like this was the first match yeah. for it. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, and then eventually Ricochet took it from Cole. Is that what ended up happening? That's what happened in that okay. match. That crazy match at the next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chicago, I think. Maybe? I think so. Chicago yeah, team? something. Like... Yeah, I think Chicago is usually the May takeover. I think that's what they have it as a slot, but um, or like the June takeover, but um. Then we got on to the ladder spots. Um, they didn't go ladder spots straight away, but boy, did they deliver. Um, ladder, they had two two ladders set up. I think Adam Cole set them up. Um, and they had them like across the um, the apron. And Lars uh, put Velveteen Dream on the ladder. And then powerbombed EC3 through Velveteen Dream and the ladder. Snapped yeah. it in half. That was insane. That was brilliant. And then two seconds later... Dane does the same to Cole and Ricochet. Literally the exact same, like a body splash through Cole and Ricochet, which was just like, okay, the two big men kind of getting their heat, which was fucking, like, the crowd was so hot. Considering, like, if you look at it now, like, I don't think, I don't think the crowd's been as hot ever since, in my opinion. I don't know if that's a that's a controversial or anything. I just think that that was the peak of, like, the crowd interaction with NXT. No, I'd, I'd agree, yeah. The sort of like the war games matches were getting some insane like reactions in fairness. Like yeah. it's peak, but I don't know if it's the only one that's ever reached peak, you know? Yeah. They they've all been we like recently they've been really, really good, but I just don't I think twenty eighteen there's a reason we started on twenty eighteen. I think twenty eighteen was the best year for takeovers. And this match kinda just like summarized how like how insane when you do the spots right, like in between you could hear the crowd was really quiet. But that's okay, because yeah. once you see that spot, the crowd goes mental, and it makes that spot even more meaningful than sometimes in the main event, the crowd's hot all, all like at, towards that ending sequence because they think a finish is coming and it doesn't come. Whereas this match, the spots meant something like to a T, and it was just perfect. I think 2018 NXT is that really perfect blend of best wrestling in the world with some of the best character work in the world, you know? And it, I don't know, it, it really... It's a renaissance era, golden age, or whatever you want to call it, you know? And you also had, like you mentioned, this was, you know, the prior, right night before WrestleMania, so that crowd, anyway, is always pretty hot. And the fact that they were, you know, they were love that crowd knows NXT anyway. It's not going to be people who just randomly show up, so um, that made a huge difference, I think, too. Yeah, and then it, um, so that's when Cole injured his ribs on the ladder. And then it built to a crescendo where um, Ricochet looked like he was going to be the first champion. And then Adam Cole tips him off the ladder and goes up, retrieves the belt and holds it high. And everybody goes mental. They've, they, I love the way that like, and I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong here, but on the main roster, if Vince thought of Adam Cole as a heel 
and people started cheering him like they will, he would be visibly annoyed because he'd be like, this guy is a bad guy. Why are people cheering him? But he's just so fucking good. You have to... It's like that thing where, like, he's a dick, but you have to... You have to, like, applaud him because he's so fucking good. I don't know. Look at someone like Jericho. Like, Jericho was a heel in, like, his peak run with, like, fucking Kevin Owens, and they, no, it didn't really turn him face until very late in that. Like, I don't think Vince... Is, Vince is very much like, if you're getting a reaction... I'm fine with whatever you're doing, you know, generally. Yeah, well, plus, and then, you you know, this was NXT headed by Triple H and stuff like that, and that's what Triple H loves. He loves heel heat, because that's what he got most of his career. So, any, <laughs> you know, anything that he can get where, you know, you're going to get heat because and you're still being a bad guy, like, he's going to love that and feed all into it. And since this was the time when he himself was in control of NXT and didn't have the old man messing everything up like now... Um, made a big difference you could tell then yeah because he um because we, we we see later on as the undisputed era develop because this was only the this was the um completion of undisputed era we'll get on to that later but um like as you can see like later on like the more heelish tendencies of undisputed era started to come in but here it was just adam cole is so fucking good and it's great to have the belt on him and he celebrated the top of the ladder and you could visibly see his ribs were hurting him and everyone was like oh he's got a match later bobby fish can't compete this is going to be interesting um so yeah, that was. Um, I don't think there's been a better opening match in Takeover history. I would be safe in saying that there's been some serious tag matches, very very good tag matches. But this was just like, like firing out of a cannon to start off the weekend. Well, I definitely, I don't think any better start they've ever had to any Takeover. This was by far probably the best, one of the best starts they've had to any pay per view general in WWE. Because yeah. you watched this and you were like, I'm not going anywhere for the rest of the night. I'm sitting here all night and watching this. Oh, 100. Um, so. Sorry, Ken. The, cra- the problem with having such a fantastic match, you know, start to start the show is that your next match is killed. The crowd is just dead for it the whole time. Yeah, and yeah. That, ne- <laughs> that, 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 that next match was Ember versus Shayna um, for the women's title. Ember came out to a live performance. Uh, yeah, it was just a typical WWE live performance. I'm not like a big music guy, so I don't know how good or bad this is, but it just seemed it it didn't sound exactly like your theme song, but it was a good good. Uh, Good team team entrance to make her feel like a big deal. Uh, Shayna Baszler came out with a good old Ronda Ronda Rousey night the night before she had the best match at WrestleMania, clapping uh, Shayna Baszler to the ring. Um, so yeah, we had this um, title match, which yeah, of course the crowd was dead, very like probably gone for a, like a beer or like very 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 jaded after that uh, ladder match. But they there was some good psychology in this. Like to be fair, it was better than the last women's match we watched at Philadelphia. My my biggest problem with NXT, especially the takeovers, is that they always seem to give the women matches um, the death spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how much better this match would have been with a crowd, like, really engaged in it, but there was no engagement here at all. And I guess in fairness, like, it's not just NXT's fault. There didn't seem to be that much of an effort to engage the crowd. That's not really Shayna's style. Um, but I don't know. Disappointing. Hmm. Yeah, because they're both good. I mean, it's not it's not necessarily anything against their wrestling talent per se or anything like that. But I think you're right. You know, you had that match. Everybody needed a little breather, so everybody was relaxed. They went to go get a drink, something like that. Especially because they knew the next few matches that were coming up. If you had to pick one, you were going to go take a bathroom break during, or one you were going to go get some more beer during. It was this one. Like, there's no question Unfo- about it. <laughs> Un- un- unfortunately, yeah, it's just the way wrestling. Like, it- it's just a- the nature of wrestling. Because if you want to, if you have your favorites, then you're gonna go when your when your favorites aren't on. That's just natural. But the two things I will give this match credit for: the cool spot where Shayna was about to do her infamous arm break spot that we haven't seen in a long time, where she was about to snap Ember Ember Moon's arm on the ground, um, but um, didn't get it. And then Ember ter- Ember turned it around. And then Shayna's facials. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Shayna's facial where she was like oh, shit, I'm being played on my own game here. As her, like, elbow was trapped in this position, was just in, it was just fantastic. That was the first oh, yeah. one I got. I don't know, don't know if you guys noticed that. That was good psychology. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was that was great. I mean, that, that's probably one of the best things you can do with somebody like Shayna Baszler is try and use her own against her um, because yeah. you have her as this big, giant beast that she's not scared of anything. Yeah. And then, uh, as you say, that Craig, the next day, the, like, the next, one of the next spots that I was like, oh, Shane, like, got Shayna over is a big deal. Was her trying to pop her shoulder back in by running into the post herself? Oh yeah, she was. That was just like yeah, she's just insane. Like this was like 
the night that Shayna kind of she had that attack at the at the Philadelphia pay per view, but this was the night where it was like, oh yeah, Shayna's like a badass and she's gonna fucking she at that point I was like, yeah, she's winning the belt and she's keeping it for a long time. Yeah, which she did. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, she won with the uh, Kirifuda clutch, which ever, like the commentary team was like, oh, is she going to be able to put the Kirifuda clutch on? But um, as Kieran said, apart from those two kind of highlights, it was pretty drab. Um, I like we had a lot of spots to talk about in the last match. I don't think I could pick out any others other than those two. If anyone else has anything other than those two spots, <laughs> not that I can remember. It's yeah. just the it's a shit Baser match. She's really dominant for the whole thing, and I, I do think Shayna's reign as champion not the best but it did a really good job at establishing this solid women's division just beneath her so that when she did eventually leave or when it was coming to the tail end of her like run as champion there was a really really great women's division there to take over it wasn't just what NXT had been doing for a while which is just you know um, women's wrestler like enters the scene and becomes a champion straight away and then loses at the next takeover and it's not just a constant cycle of that it's building up a division around her. Yeah. Um, so like, let's just like take a, like a segue to like we'll, we'll talk about the as, as you were saying the women's division now. Um, are we saying like uh, in terms of the war between AEW and NXT? I think AEW is winning by a by a fair bit right now, but I think NXT's women's division is undisputedly the best. Um, I don't think uh, AEW has gotten anywhere near it. They're improving, but I don't think they have ne- nowhere near the depth or the. Um, or the um, like the talent in that women's division. Um, Craig, what do you think about the, the the battle of the women's divisions right now between AEW and NXT? Oh yeah, I agree. I'd agree exactly. I think overall, and or AEW is probably winning. But when it comes to just that women's division alone, they just, you're right. They just don't have the amount of talent. They don't have the depth. I mean, AEW's got one or two, you know, strong female wrestlers. But then the other ones are so far beneath them in skill and talent. You know, just be, most of them because they just haven't had the time. You know they're they're younger or they you know they haven't had a lot of TV time something like that. Whereas NXT, you're you you may not have as many females, but all of the ones they do are of a pretty decent caliber at least, if not yeah. a high caliber. Yeah, um, I, I obviously they announced this week that they're doing like a sick uh, tag team tournament, and um, this could go one or two ways. This could put them on the map as like oh we have a decent women's division, or this could backfire and kind of just highlight that fact of their like lack of depth in the women's division yeah i mean um, that's so it's it, pretty much going to be every woman they have yeah it'll it'll, it'll be very it's interesting to see what is it Karen? it's not for like a new women's tag title is it no it's just a, it's like a, oh there was uh, there was a tagline on it last night i can't remember i'm gonna need to look it up later for the show later but um uh that, that, that'll, that'll be talked that'll be talked about over on the uh the boys channel later this evening but um it's it's a, a it's a quarterfinal semi-final final tag team tournament um which should be interesting but it might highlight the fact that they might just not be there in terms of a tag uh, a women's division but um the next bit so we went to an ad break on this show and um i popped huge because uh page came up and we got the uh, the infamous page here ad um page here the the infamous like the memed ad that Paige just popped up on screen and was like, Paige here, look at fighting with my look at fighting with my family and everyone was it was just like cultaholic have run that into the ground the last few years it's hilarious it's just like it's brilliant I just I, I've actually never seen that I didn't know what it came from I thought it was like a promo but I popped I pop I popped I popped hard for that but um next we had this tag team title match so the story um. You guys can. You guys, I've been talking for a bit. So you guys take it away with the story between AOP, Undisputed Era, and the um, Roddy and Pete Dunne. Okay. Go for it, Rain. It's all you. Oh, it's all me. <laughs> Go so, for it. Uh, Just because you are already drunk and talking, so we might as well continue it going. I'll <laughs> it. Usually, usually, Kieran likes to take the lead, but I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll shoulder the, uh, I'll shoulder the weight tonight. But so basically, this story was um, uh, Undisputed Era um, were a man down. I don't know. Bobby Fish has been injured a lot, so we don't know what um, we don't know what injury it was. It's probably a knee injury or something along those lines. So they were like, we don't want to defend these titles, and there's a dusty classic final coming up between AOP, who were insane at this moment in time. They were just running over everybody. Um, we'll get on to them in a minute, but alongside Paul Erring, they're running over everybody. 
and they had the final um, between them and a makeshift team of Pete Dunne and Roddy Strong. So Undisputed Era attacked, and then obviously Regal comes out. He doesn't say War Games. He just says triple threat tag match at um, TakeOver New Orleans, but the Dusty Cup and the tag team titles are on the line. And that brings us to this match where uh, Adam Cole shows why he's one of the best in the world. Can I just say, I, I know I'm jumping the gun here a bit, but the finish to this match where Roderick Strong is revealed to betray Pete Dunne and join the Undisputed Era is maybe my favourite moment in all of NXT. It's, it was just so shocking, and the crowd lost their minds, and it's, it's so obvious in retrospect, but it was just genuinely shocking, which is so rare in wrestling, considering just how many rumours there are about everything. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I, I had almost forgotten Roderick Strong had a theme song, to walk out to because oh, it's yeah. been so like until it happened and i was like oh yeah that's right he actually had his own gimmick for a while but then you're right i mean the i i didn't know this was coming i don't think most people knew that this was coming or if anybody and and when it happened you the the play that uh o'reilly and cole both gave of like their own shocked faces like i don't understand oh. why this is happening and then he pulls off the armband off a of cole and puts it on himself and like they're their faces of joy and glee. Like, you actually believed that they didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah, the, I don't um, <laughs> Sorry, sorry. He's having the best time. He is. He's, it's great. He's so happy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll get on to him later. He's at a... He had an interesting day um, working yeah, with fans. Did. Brother, brother, brother. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, Kieran. Um, him and Pat. What about it? Yeah. Oh, my God. People are so gullible. <laughs> beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. No, it's totally true. <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. Wrestling's real, Pat goddammit. Yeah, him and Pat McAfee went at each other. Like, <laughs> like it was hilarious. Um, but um, So AOP, like, we'll get back to, to the Undisputed Era in a minute, but AOP were just, like, monsters. Like, they came out with those alien masks on. They had Paul Ellering, who, unfortunately, like, it was taken out of their hands because, obviously, he couldn't travel, I think, was the issue. He couldn't go city to city, so they were like, no, nah, we'll, we'll pull them out of it. But um, and they gave him Drake Maverick, and the rest is history. But um, but uh, the like AOP were just I, I could get the sense that the like the crowd even bought into them as a huge fucking deal, and it was just it's just it's that, that's kind of the thing that stood out to me as a uh, apart from the main the main angle here. AOP were they were they were good in um, NXT. I remember at the time everyone kind of were like, oh, AOP are just okay, but. Looking back, they made it, there's such a size difference from everyone else that it, they are different matches and they are very entertaining, surprisingly so. They were, and, yeah. And yeah, and, and, and seeing them, you realize and you remember how good they were. And then, much, much like the rest of this episode, we then just think about where they are now or where they were once they got called up. And you're like, oh, that was, they just got ruined. Yeah, I said it in the last episode. AOP are like that kind of team where they hit their power moves and every other team just works around them. And when you have Kyle O'Reilly and AOP in a match, you cannot go wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. Kyle, like, it's just perfect. Like, Kyle O'Reilly is, like, I would say arguably, like, the top three in NXT. Like, I, 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 like, I, I, like, I think he, like, people haven't seen him. He's, um, I remember Stat, my friend um, Mark, told me that, uh, since this will probably like surprise you guys, but since his, he came to WWE, he has had four or five. I think it was either four or five singles matches since joining WWE three years ago, and few of them were in progress. So it's insane the fact that like people forget that he's an amazing singles wrestler. I just saw a match of him and Alex Shelley in AAW. He is like, and the way he sells, he is like when when whenever that time may come when he's a singles wrestler in WWE. Get ready for some fucking great matches because he's insane. Yeah, I heard you guys talk about this on the last uh, takeover episode you did, and and you're right. I mean, he just. I, I only hope that we get to see this singles run of him kind of soon before you know he gets up there a little bit in age and and you know before his body starts breaking down. But I've, I assume once they bring Cole up, or you know if you want to call it up now or over, whatever it is to Raw or SmackDown, that's when you're going to finally have Kyler Riley get his get his own for a singles run. They're not going to yeah, separate surely. him from there till then. Yeah, Surely they're going to, like... The Indisputed Era is too popular to separate, like, without putting on the main roster. You're saying, like, New Day, New Day kind of thing, where, like, they sell too much merch and they're just too good? 
they're just too good, you know? Like, they should break up in, like, a while, sure. I'd be willing to see what they can do on their own, especially Colorado. But right now, it's it's too much of a moment to lose. Like, the first time crowds are back, have Undisputed Era come up and just, to, like, kill Brock Lesnar or something, you know? It's, oh, yeah. It's too good to throw away just by putting Adam Cole up there on his own. It's true. Yeah. It's true, man. Um, and I have here in all capitals the start of Undisputed Era as we know it. Um, that um, that camera panning, as we said earlier, that camera panning down on a sweaty, half baby face with a scraggly beard, Kyle O'Reilly looking like like a kid at Christmas who just saw his like his best friend from the Indies put on an Undisputed Era wristband gives you goosebumps. It really does. It's as Kieran said, yeah, it's one of the best moments in NXT history because they genuinely. Like, you look at them, you're like, holy shit, they have no idea what he just did. But it's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I like to believe that they probably knew. But if you told oh. me they didn't, like, if you just told me, oh, we're going to have, you know, they were just told that Dunn and Strong, you know, are, are going to give it up for you guys to win. And they weren't told why or how. Like, that's amazing. Oh, it's just, it's on the, um, the like, Pete Dunn's react. Pete Dunn, um, I love the way... You know, I mean, sometimes when you get a heel turn, um, you kind of just get like a straight up like attack from behind or low blow. I think it was like a double stomp on the back of Dunn's head when he was doing the pin, and then straight into the uh, the spread, the slingshot backbreaker. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. it it all it all happened. Like if he if he had like messed up the stomp or like didn't pick him up because all that happened in three seconds and it needed to happen in three seconds because if that happened over like six or seven seconds, everybody's able to process it. But the fact that it happened in three seconds, I'd say half the people in that crowd dropped their beer because it was just like, whoa, what, what? I thought we were just getting like done and strong as like champs. Right, right. Literally, mm-hmm. it's like it had to happen in that split second, and that's what made it like ten times better than it would have been. It was fucking amazing. It was the best piece of best heel turn that I have seen in my lifetime, and in in terms of what, because I, I obviously haven't watched the great heel turns of the past, but that was my favorite heel turn. Of the oh, that's year. definitely up there. Yeah, it's definitely up there. It was, and it started the Undisputed Era as we know it, and the subplot to this was it got over that Adam Cole was just so good, because he had, ta- they heavily, they did like a pre-match promo where like, you could see Cole mouthing, um, no, we can't, we, we can't defend these titles, my ribs are, my ribs are like, fuck, they're, we can't do this. And then he like, goes out and wins the titles, um, uh, two matches in a night, like just cementing himself as like the real fucking deal. Is he the greatest person in NXT ever? Like the greatest just NXT wrestler? Ooh, that is it. I mean, that that's an, that's a that's a bold statement. <laughs> that is an argument I to be had. I, 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 I just I'm wondering what you think. I'm thinking I'm thinking you've got to decide between Champa Gargano and um, Cole. And obviously, or Balor or something as well. Yeah, I know you're a big you're a big Balor mark. Um, I know. Um, we throw him in there as well. You'd have, yeah, it's between those four. That'd be a great discussion. We definitely should do something. That that'd be an amazing discussion. Well, then I'm um, just gonna throw in Keith Lee too, just to mess with you guys. I love <laughs> I love Keith because I love Keith Lee. This sounds like this sounds like a um. I know we couldn't get the tryout here tonight, but this sounds like a fucking podcast in the making. We need to, we need to, we need to decide the best NXT wrestler of all time, and I am not against trying to uh, tough it out with everybody. I mean, that could There's, be episodes upon episodes. That could be, yeah. We could get, part part ten. Craig and Craig and Ryan still don't agree. Still don't it's agree. Like, it's gonna be like over and over, and it's gonna be like. Every time someone agrees, there's going to be someone else who doesn't agree. <laughs> who comes in with a completely <laughs> different person. Be like, what about Kevin Owens? And you're like, damn it. Uh, it's like, what about what about Aaliyah? Can I interrupt with like a NXT Battleground? Remember, right. She was there from the breaking ground. The very beginning. She deserves a shout. But no, um, yeah, Adam Cole is, is definitely up there. Um, as you said, Kieran. He, um, this was kind of like the cementing. We knew he was good, but this was like the night where everyone was like, yeah. Okay, um, anybody who didn't watch the Indies or didn't watch a lot of, like, ROH was like, yeah, okay, this guy, I understand why you, uh, why you put him up there. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, um, I think that, so, um, Undisputed Era win the Dusty Cup and the tag team titles. 
And we move on to um, a match that I know from looking at your socials, Craig, that you were uh, you are very excited to talk about this man because it was Andrade defending his NXT Championship against motherfucking Alistair Black. And this is not normal Alistair Black. This is NXT Alistair Black. And the difference is insane. Oh, it is. And and it's not just Andrade, remember. This is still when he was Andrade C and almost. Completely different name, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, the, the, the biggest thing that I got was um, there was no creaking door sound. That's my first note. Yes, um, yes. Mm-hmm. But, but their, chemistry, their chemistry was just so good. And the match, Alistair Black... Like he's got, he he's had some great matches. Him and Murphy, I really loved. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you listened mm-hmm. on the podcast, uh, Kieran told me I wasn't right, but I persevered with Alistair Black and Murphy going to be a good match, and it was. Um, but Alistair Black was just a whole different level. He was like Alistair Black with another like uh, main roster. Alistair Black was just like times a thousand in this match. Yeah, I mean, this is the the Alistair Black. It, it wasn't until a little bit later for I think the next. Dusty Rhodes classic where him and Ricochet uh, teamed up, but this was the Alistair Black. He he moved a lot smoother, you know. He was he was able to move around the ring a lot. I mean, and, and I think him and Andrade together and and Vega because she got involved in it too. Uh-huh. I think all of them together, you know, actually you could tell really wanted this match to be something to remember. No, just yeah. as a character, he was so much better. Look at his feud with Velveteen Dream, for example. Like it genuinely captivating stuff like oh yeah 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 um, like, i don't know if... knock on my door in the main roster you know <laughs> yeah who wants to pick a fight yeah with me uh it's not it's not pick a fight you've got to have the uh the pronunciation that he had on it but um i just like i remember alistair black i i i had a note down here that he's not just one move his combos it's always a combo it's kick him and then then get him again because he's not down fully and um, I also, I, I have the sneaky suspicion that Zelina and Alistair being um, a real-life couple did help in here because they have a lot of time together to kind of plan what the intricacies of this match. Because Zelina's, in, I have there, Zelina's emotion and intensity to this match that she invests so much in this match that that brings it to another level again and adds another layer to it, which is just in, insane. But Alistair Black's combos are just, as you said, uh, Craig, just so slick and, like, flawless. And I'm sure that they practiced that Hurricane Rana from her multiple times to make it look as good as it did. Um, but that was another thing that, you know, she pulled off extremely smoothly, and he sold so well. It's her only move. She it, it, is. it is. It yeah, is. But, she, but she's just, like, she... I, like, in, in kayfabe, she fucking saved Andrade. Like, she literally brought Andrade from being just, a, like, a white meat baby face to the top of the NXT ranks and that is the best decision Triple H has ever made in NXT that pairing should never break up I don't know where I'd see Andrade going without Selena Vega they are just in fantastic together it's just it's brilliant and um, the near falls some of the near falls in this match mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. Uh, without overdoing it some of the near falls I genuinely what I, I, I knew because of the timestamps that this match wasn't over I genuinely thought the match was over. Some of the, there was two and three quarters about twice in this match that were just insane. Yeah, I mean, then you had you know Vega doing the the classic manager heel work of putting the foot up on the bottom rope oh. and all that sort of stuff, and and that kind of stuff, you know, when you're going to have as good of a wrestling product as those two were putting on, plus some actual good storyline work, you know, for lack of a better word, with them, like that, that's what made this such a good match. Yeah, Kieran, did um, did, this, did um, me and Craig are huge fans of this match. Did, uh, are you on board as well? Was this match one of your favorites of? of uh, it's not one of my favorites. I, I think it's probably third. I'd, I'd say. Is it third? Mm. No, to be honest, probably fourth. Um, wow. Which okay. is to say it's bad. It's still mm. like a four-star match is a thing, but that's just mm. an NXT takeover. Like yeah. you can have amazing, breathtaking matches, and you're they're still like the fourth best match on the card. Um, but yeah. it, it was. Very, very good, I'd say. Oh, I didn't love it, but like, mm. then the I've near, never uh, been about Andrade Ahmed's in like the ring generally, even if I do like him. Yeah, the knees to the corner get me all the time. That's what I have here as well. The knees to the corner are like even they're they are vicious. When he goes at full pace at those uh, at that at that, uh, at that corner post, it's it's impact. <laughs> it's like it's yeah, that's crazy. it's one of those moves where you know you watch it and. 
you know, being the fans that we all are, like, you, you know that, oh, sometimes they kind of take the hit a little stiff or they'll just, like, brace for impact. Um, you, you watch and you're like, I, I don't know how someone takes that and doesn't get physically hurt and yeah, doesn't get the breath knocked out of them every time. Yeah, because if you're not getting the soft of the leg in the face, some of the hard bone has to clip you in the yeah, side of the face no matter what. Exactly. Like, no no matter how much you try and play it over your mind, some of that hard, like, knee bone is getting you in the jaw. Like, it's 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 scary. I, I wouldn't like to be in the corner when that fucking no, when that, moves when that goes wrong. You have Nia Jax doing something like that, and someone's going to get killed. <laughs> um, oh, thank God there's no takeovers with Nia Jax on that fucking <laughs> Um, yes, is there? Yeah, definitely. She fights Bailey, doesn't she? That was Bailey's big opponent for ages. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. Luckily, yeah, you guys won. started after that, so you're good. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna go back and we're, we're definitely we're de- we're definitely doing London and Dallas. We're gonna stay away from the. Uh, I'm, um, I'm waiting well, for you guys to run out of takeovers and go back to like first season NXT when it was like a reality show with oh, like well, Daniel um, Bryan paired up with the Miz and all that. <laughs> He just slips yeah, again. <laughs> I didn't know. He falls. He's fallen over twice in his career, like on yeah, the way the, to the ring. The beer keg. Um. Uh, the the genesis of McGillicuddy. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yes. We. Oh yes. We have to bring back um, Husky Harris. All that fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. All that. All that fun stuff. But um, the um brilliant spot was the crescendo where um I have a torpe suicida by Black. That um, he threw back into the ring, but then it was like an instinctive hammerlock DDT, and that near fall was like two and seven eighths. Oh like, yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was insane. Um, and then it was literally Zelina went for a cross body, and Alistair Black kicked the face off Andrade with oh. Black Mass. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zelina was amazing in this. She fell over, fell to the outside. One, two, three. Alistair Black is finally your champion. And Zelina Vega throws an absolute fit outside, and it's brilliant. It, it is. that That's one of the best parts, yeah. It was a brilliant ending to this match, because it was like, it was like you're going to take some four. Like, if the more weight that Andrade has in his hands, it's going to be harder to, like, get your kind of the impact that you want. But he just literally like, kicked the face off him, and it was beautiful. Um, so, yeah, now, Kieran has it fourth on his list. Where would it be for you, Craig? Because I, I know you like you really, really like watching Alistair Black at his, pre, at his best again. I put it like, like for my subjective taste, I put that like number two. Yeah, I'd probably put it two. Um, I, I, you know, it, it, it's hard because there is the the Roderick turn during the tag team was really good, but then the Gargano uh, Champa match that we're about to get into was also pretty insane. So I, you know, I can see why someone might put it third or even fourth. But like you said, I mean, the fourth match on a takeover like this is still better than sometimes entire pay per views. That the main roster puts oh. on. Oh yeah, tell me about. It. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so um, Alistair Black is your champion, and we get on to your main event. So, um, Champa turned heel. Um, he then um was out for a while with a torn ACL. Um, and he came back and crutched Gargano on the back, and Gargano was trying to find himself as a single star, and was um, kind of struggling and. Um, he had that cla- the five-star classic with Andrade and um, then said he will put his career on the line if um, put his career he'll, he'll leave NXT if he can't win this match and he lost um, but then Champa was overawed by all the Gargano chants and all the like the posters and all of a sudden a hooded figure attacks him and it's Ch- uh, Gargano he asked for his career back it's Champa versus Gargano unsanctioned and if Gargano wins he gets his NXT career back now Gar- Gargano Champa one, if I'm not wrong, lads, was the was it the best Gargano Champa match, or would we leave that to like the last man standing match, or am I am I missing the mark there? Um, I I think this was like because it was the first one, the intensity was insane. This is the first. Um, hmm. I think the last man standing match because I think the finish. Of, I love the finish of that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much. I think so clever, and it's it's such like a oh man, they were both on the ground. Like jaw dropping, the second he rolls over and is able to stand up just barely, like I don't know, it was just really well done, and that's what tips over the edge. But this what? is still probably a four and a half five star match. Yeah, um, the main I, I've heard like 
Craig, um, Maniac Psycho Champa is the best. Oh, yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, and this is, I think, while I agree that probably the Last Man Standing one was the best out of them, this is definitely a very close second because this is when you realize when we get, I mean, and, and I, it obviously has happened before, but when you get them pulling back the, uh, uh, the mats to get to the bare concrete and dropping them on there, like, that's when you're like, oh, this is serious. Like, this is, this is, this is going to be something. And then them having to top themselves each time led, leads to something like that last man standing match where as you watch it, you're like, I, I don't know how these people are alive after this. Yeah. Um, I No Music Champa was really good because it got him over as this just like, it, like I think that the idea was just to rain the booze in. Everybody mm-hmm. participate. Everyone was like 10 beers deep at this stage just shouting abuse to Champa. Um, the hype package was insane. Johnny just bleeds babyface and it kind of like talks about like today he just bleeds babyface and i know he's like decent as a heel but i just don't for my personal taste i don't i'm not a fan of heel Cham- uh, gargano i just like when you look at this match you're like this is like peak gargano like i don't like maybe we'll be got proved wrong but it seems like it's just it kind of no it kind of nullifies all that's good about gargano with having him as like a chicken shit heel i think the but i think the problem with that is the underdog babyface can only be pulled off so many times, and you can only be NXT champion so many times before you're not an underdog anymore. And they do, they did have to change it eventually. I don't oh, know yeah. if they, I don't know if they should have arrested for Gargano champion, made champ of the heel next time, made sorry Gargano the heel the next time they do it. But like, no, the the know. the neck. I don't know about you, Craig. I, I know we we've seen that match. The um the match that uh that. Uh, nobody really enjoyed that had the Gargano as the, ch- the heel and Champ as the face and I just think maybe the no crowds and the broken neck that like made this match like delayed we couldn't have it at the main weekend which would have been insane but uh, it kind of put a dampener and through no fault of their own it kind of it kind of had like a sour end to what was like one of the best feuds of like the last five years oh oh I completely agree I mean when you have and I think it's not even just that when you have that match um, which I don't think anyone was really a big fan of. And then you had that weird debacle where they both got called up um, to again be D- DIY for that like small snip you know, on the main roster. Both of those, are ju- you're just sort of tainting what happened you know, in, in these actual, especially these three matches starting with this. I mean, because you're right. I think you're being way too nice, Rian, that um, the... Uh, that heel uh, Gargano is just decent. I think it's horrible uh, to take two people that literally, like you said, just bleed babyface with him and Candice LeRae and uh-huh. be like, no, we're going to make a mean now. Be like, no, I mean, she looks like a Barbie doll and he looks like a dark-haired Ken doll. Like, that's what they are. Yeah. Just keep how them that long, way. How long before we get, like, purple-haired Gargano? Just Right. Just mm-hmm. It's it's just gonna like when they had like the the cup in the dinner they had the cup in the in like the the, the dick cup in like the dinner mm-hmm. table and stuff it's just been horrible but we're gonna get on to like the great Gargano and Champa moment because this match was just, this match was great but I, what I got from it I don't know if you um if you guys noticed this that in between the big big spots we had like we had like New Japan kind of almost silence where it was like really, really silent, whether it be through fatigue or just fascination over the match or intensity. But when the big spots happened, the crowd came alive. And that's so much better than like a simmering, like a simmering crowd is good, but when they're like mm-hmm. really quiet and all of a sudden you get that instant hit of like, holy shit, what are they doing to each other? Like tearing each other apart. Um, it was like, like the springboard spear was the first moment where I was like, oh, this match is going to kick off. Oh, there oh was, yeah, exactly, exactly. There was yeah. a small where Gargano and Champa just sat in the ring in that same way that they do for um, like all, all of their DIY matches they just sit together and just hold each other for a minute and I just, yeah. just thought that was like uh, just the stories these matches are so good yeah this was one of the best commentary um, calls of NXT I, I'm, I'm convinced of because um, I'm pretty sure Nigel referenced that um, Champa hesitated in the Cruiserweight Classic uh, in a similar way to how Johnny hesitated, um, like he like Champa covered himself up and like covered his hands over his face, and then um, like uh, 
he was like, oh, Champa did that and he lost in the Cruiser Classic. It's just brilliant callbacks. Um, the intensity is just, just the big spots. Um, it was a lot slower than I remember is the one thing I had. it. I thought it was like hell for leather for for ages, but it was it was a lot slower than I remember it being. Yeah, I mean, it, Which, was, it was also a lot longer than I thought it was. Like, knowing that it was coming up, but, you know, I think maybe because I did think it was a little more fast-paced, I remember it being like a 10 or, you know, 12-minute match. And I was way off. Like, Yeah, was was the, was the stop sign in this match? Or I vividly remember a stop sign spot. Or was that a different... I think that might have been the second one? The last man standing. Or the yeah, last man standing. Yeah, the last man standing. Yeah, was in sorry. That one. I, I, I think the last man standing was... A, we'll get onto that like in a few weeks. But I think that last man standing one was like 90 miles an hour for 25 minutes. Right, right. Well, was like... Mm-hmm. And this one, I mean, I think, you know... We haven't gotten into it yet, but the finish alone, you, you know, you having Gargano use Ciampa's own knee brace against him, like, that that just, you know, that that's perfect storytelling right there. Like, we're going to have something involved in this match like the knee brace, and then at the end of it, we're turning it completely around and bringing it back up. Yeah, just Johnny stopping was, like, unreal psychology. Like, it was, I think he tried to break a crutch and broke it wrong and was like, oh, shit, I can't do anything with this. He tried to, like, stamp the crutch in the corner and, like, broke it in the wrong place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just, just decided to just whack Champ in the back with it. And then, like, they sat down together, as Kieran said, and they looked into each other's eyes. And, like, it was like that thing where, like, oh, Champ has, like, got remorse. And then all of a sudden he goes from cheap shot. Gargano gets him into, like, the S- like gets him into the Gargano escape, changes into a modified STF and, like, wrenches back with a knee brace and a tap. And uh, Gargano has his career back. Um, we also, we obviously know... Um, it's very hard to look through, um, as people listening will understand, it's very hard to look through these, like, pay-per-views with, like, with, like, our headlights on without thinking to the future, but for what this match was in the bubble, I fucking loved it, and it was a great end to a great pay-per-view. I don't know if anyone has any other thoughts on this match. Well, that's really it. It's... All the, all the story, ultimately, of this feud was damaged by just injury after injury, but at this point, it was probably one of, if not the best, story in NXT history. I don't think that's too much of a stretch or too much of a controversial statement at this mm. moment in time. No, I, I agree. Yeah, this was this probably led to one of the best feuds that especially one of the more extended feuds that was good for the entire time, you know, that NXT had. I mean, there was until they got to what they just recently did at this WrestleMania, you knew that you could end any takeover with Gargano Ciampa and it's going to be a five-star <laughs> match, best start best fight of the night. Yeah, it's just, it's, it was, the psychology was fantastic, it was a lot better than, I, I, I just remember, maybe the next match I'll, I'll realise why I remember it like that, but it was just, it was in this psychology, and the pacing in this match was just perfect, Um, we, like, it's, Johnny, whatever he's become now, whatever we, we're gonna have a great match, he had a great match on NXT this week, um, which we'll talk about on the T3 Boys um, review, but, um, he he's just fallen like I, I I don't think I'm underestimating. He's kind of fallen off a cliff since this point mm-hmm. in terms of his in terms of his performances, and it's I don't know I I honestly don't know where Gargano goes. So that's what our discussion is going to end with. Where does Gargano go now? What does he do? And we'll talk, tell the same for Champa because Champa's just as much in limbo as Gargano is. So in your opinion, guys, where does Gargano go from this point? Um. I don't really know. I think a lot of people in NXT are kind of stuck in this where do we go now point. Just look at Adam Cole, for example. What the fuck happens with him, you know? Uh, And I think it's kind of gotten to a stage where I think they were waiting for ages to just call people up when crowds are turned. But it's like, look at Matt Riddle, they called him up with very little, you know, pomp and circumstance. And I think next for Gargano is probably the main roster. Maybe for SummerSlam even. Yeah, um, Adam Cole looks like he's going into a fight with Pat McAfee, so that's going to be interesting. Keep your oh, eyes yeah. still for that. <laughs> apparently, no, no, no. Honestly, apparently McAfee's training, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see that. I'm not going to lie. We're going to get another Gronk moment, but um, no. Uh, Craig, what do you think is next for Gargano? I know, I, I know you don't like the heel character, and fair, like it's completely fair. But I'm assuming you were a big lover of the face character, and I'm just wondering where you think he he fits now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, you're right there, Kieran. That the I, I guess the only next step for him would really be to move up. I mean, he can't be any more 
top of the card because I don't know I don't see them putting him in the uh, championship run with Keith Lee or anything like that. I mean, maybe you know they have the whole thing with like him and Mia Yim against like uh, Gargano and and Candice. So maybe you can go something with that. But as soon as that sort of plays out, there's not really much else for Gargano to do. But you move him up. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're going to move him up as a heel, move him up as a babyface, and just sort of pretend like this whole thing didn't happen. Because, like I said, I think he's a better babyface, so I wouldn't want him to move up in this sort of weird heel-ish character he is now, because I don't, I don't think he's as good. And I think if they put him up in something that's not as good of a character for him, he's just going to fall by the wayside on, you know, so, the main roster. Uh, something that just popped into my head there. Um, Royal Rumble 2021. Face Johnny Gargano going against the champion, The Fiend. The belt. I mean that could that could definitely something they could do. I mean, and it would be it would be something that you know along the lines, especially if you take this time to start bringing him back into face. It'd be along the same lines as Cena fiend, where you have just the biggest baby face you can get, pretty much be up against one of the bigger villains you got. So it could I, definitely I, be something. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's the only thing that comes to mind. And then we go on to Mr. Tommaso Ciampa, who I think is freaking fantastic and I think that the thing is with him like on the main roster he is one of those guys who can interchange very quickly between just a badass and a maniacal dickhead so like what is next for Tommaso Ciampa uh, I mean I hope that they bring him up to the uh, if they bring him up to the main roster they wait until we're back in crowds because it's going to be such a big crowd pop for that to happen and he needs to attack somebody I, I think Kieran, oh, what yeah. do you think about what do you think about Champa, where where do you see him fit, or what feud would you like I to see? Is, I think he's going to stay around NXT a bit longer. He's kind of, he's almost their version of Cody Rhodes, where he always has a place on the spot on the card, yeah, even if yeah. he doesn't mm-hmm. you know, necessarily have a match. Agreed. Um, mm-hmm. I think him and Lee could be great if you want to give him another title run or, or a chance for the title. Could be a mm-hmm. fantastic match. Whoever wins mm-hmm. this North American Championship could also be very good. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Kieran, that's a friend of the T3 podcast, um, Cody Rhodes. You're he is, up, he so. is. Friend of the show. Oh. Friend of the show, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. We interviewed him for eight and a half minutes, so therefore he's our best friend. <laughs> uh, that was a great interview. Um, but, um, yeah, I just think Champa could... Obviously, I think Vin, like we're going to get Tommaso Champa versus Randy Orton. Um, feuds are built on Twitter these days. They're, it's just the way It's just the way life life is. Like, if Vince catches, catches like, breath of... Um, of anything he'll go with it. So Tommaso Champ against Randy for the first feud. I'm not saying it's not gonna be good, but it sounds like it'd be a good character storyline in any way. Um so okay. Um that is that was NXT Takeover New Orleans. Um we have gone um through every single match. Um we need a crown MVP. I think we are all um in unison in saying it's Adam Cole Bebe. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, by far. Especially at the two um, matches alone. Just that fact put him puts him in that level. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so um, thanks for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed this um, this like very like a special episode because um, for those of you who don't know me and like we met through the Legend Wrestling podcast. Shout out to the boys. Um, and us and the T3 have been looking to collab for a long, long time, and um, it finally worked out tonight. Um, I'm going on their show later, so check that out. And I'm gonna let Craig. Before you gotta go, before he's gotta go pick up his kid, cause he's got kids, man. I got, got kids, I, man. I've got. I, I gotta get <laughs> let let him. Uh, where can we find you? Where can we uh, just plug it away, Craig? Oh no, yeah, I, we're happy to be on here. I'm glad we were finally able to do it. Somehow, thanks to you guys and the alleged boys, we're ending up in you know the top 75 of wrestling podcasts in Ireland, cause that has nothing to do with our own talent. We assume it's just <laughs> from you guys promoting us. So we're definitely happy about that. Um, but anyone who hasn't listened to us yet, you can go ahead and do that. We're on all of the uh, the iTunes, Spotify, you know, Google Play Podcasts, all that sort of stuff. Just under T3 Podcast Network or T3 Network. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at T3 Network. We've got the Instagram, the Facebook. We even have TikTok, where you know our children are trying to help us figure that out because we are all incredibly old men. Um, you know, you can even call us because we actually have a hotline where we like people to call us, leave us voicemails, leave us messages so you, we can play them on the show, make fun of you, or answer questions, that sort of stuff. And that's just 202-556-4433. 
Um, you can call us. You can text us on that because, you know, I don't usually sleep. So I can answer those texts at any time of night. But I'm really glad we could do this, guys. I was happy to do it. And we're really excited to have you on, Rian, because we just enjoy listening to both of your guys' lovely Irish accents. <laughs> well, now, before we wrap the show, I am going to be going to watch NXT and drinking a few more whiskeys. So I will be absolutely destroyed and I will give my unpopular wrestling opinions on your show and I cannot wait but Kieran take it home I've been your host Kieran Brennan with me as always my co-host has been Breen Nocter and our very special guest Craig from the T3 podcast and as we say at the end of every episode of the Takeover Throwbacks T3 baby <laughs> wash, <laughs> wash, wash your fucking hands everybody <laughs>